Hi, listeners. I'm Irene Barton, Executive Director of the Cobb Collaborative, and I welcome you to Mind Your Mind Speaks. This is a podcast series that brings together subject matter experts, community leaders, and local stakeholders to raise awareness, share resources, and inspire action through recorded conversations about the Cobb Collaborative's focus areas. Today, we are delighted to welcome Vanessa Hardiman to our program. Vanessa is the principal of a consulting business known as Business Strategies and Solutions, LLC, and recently started a nonprofit called Boss Kids, Inc., and we're going to learn more about both of those things. But Vanessa is a trailblazer as the founder and CEO of that nonprofit, where she utilizes her expertise and knowledge in business development, community relations, and entrepreneurship to help children understand what it means to be a business leader. She has acquired more than 25 years of management experience in the corporate world, assisting organizations and startup enterprises in order so that they can make a difference and grow into world-class businesses. Prior to founding Boss Kids, she worked for Sheraton Hotels, General Motors Corporation, United Parcel Service, UPS, and Business Strategies and Solutions. She has collaborated with a wealth of well-known clients as well. So, Vanessa, my goodness, you have been one busy lady in your career, both professionally and personally. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I thank you for having me as a guest. And I'm looking forward to talking with your listeners and telling them a little bit more about myself, as well as a little bit more about my business entities. Well, great. Well, we're excited too. So let's start with yourself. Um, Anything that you would like to add to your biography? I think you're right here in Cobb County serving along um, alongside us and other amazing organizations. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes, I relocated to the Cobb County area. I've been here over 20 years. It was a corporate relocation with UPS and UPS prides itself in getting involved in the community. So I've been involved in the community for a long time, working with nonprofit organizations and helping them to grow and put their internal structure together. In my weekends, I love going to the truest area. I love finding little unique shops to shop in. Love Street is very, very near and dear to me, as well as I like the Howell Mill area. And I kind of pride myself in being a little bit of an interior designer. I'm not an interior designer by trade, but I think that I I am in my mind. So I'm always looking for (laughs) unique pieces and different things. So I spend my weekends doing those type of things, but I, I love working um, in the Cobb area, as well as shopping and enjoying the tourist attractions that we have here in Cobb. You know, I think that's so important to take advantage of all of the things that your community has to offer when you do have some free time, because so often we just designate that for running errands, right? Whether it's grocery store, bank, dry cleaners, Target, Walmart, whatever. And then, you know, by the end of that, we might be too exhausted. So I just love that you take advantage of that. And as you were saying that, Vanessa, I remember, um, I recall, man, it's been years since I've been down to the Chattahoochee Warehouse District off Howell Mill. And uh, when I used to work in Midtown, how fun it would be to maybe stop by on my way home and yeah, just take some time and whether you purchased anything or not, it was just 
it was fun, right? It was a nice mental break between work and, and home life. So, well, good for you. I may have to have you come out to our house and um, do some, um, d- um, give me some decorating tips there. <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to. <laughs> well, let's, um, before we get what I think is the really fun stuff with Boss Kids. Let's talk a little bit about your consulting business. Do you still have that going on and you're still procuring um, clients, I guess, mainly in the for-profit world? Yes. So business strategies and solutions was something that I started after I took an early buyout from United Parcel Service. When I worked at United Parcel Service, I worked with a lot of the top level customers in their supply chain division. And as you know, that's the that's the, the meat and the heart of everything in the business, being able to get things through, the, put them in the supply chain, get them through, the, through that maze of networks and then get it delivered to the ultimate customer. So I developed a love of working with small and medium companies and helping them to grow into large companies. So when I left UPS, I started business strategies and solutions. And what it what it is is very much like it says. We try to help an organization come up with what is the issue, put a strategy in place, and then help them with the solution. And so often small and medium customers, which is why I targeted this area, they don't have the resources of a a large corporation. So you see your impact a lot faster than you do when you have to get approvals from several different individuals. So it's geared towards small and medium companies, whatever their issues are that they may need. I try to come in, look at it, assess it, come up with a strategy that's going to be workable for them, for their budget, for their resources, and then put the solution in place, not just talk to them about it, but help them to implement that. And that's been a labor of love for me. So yes, I am still actively working with solution. And the website is different than the name of the company. The Mm -hmm. website is solutions, the number four, and then a you.co. Okay. Well, we'll drop that in the show notes. And so your you said small and medium sized business businesses, and I can certainly appreciate how they would, yeah, that you know they don't have a designated person to help with strategic planning, and they might not even have a separate HR person, right? And so you're, um, I guess, looking, and are you looking across the spectrum? So retailers, wholesalers, small manufacturers? Whoever, um, can, you, whoever can use my service, I'm open and I'm available. I work with a plethora of customers in UPS. UPS was the, one of the largest, if not the largest, overall transportation company in the world, mm-hmm. not just in the United States. So we work with small businesses. We work with companies in healthcare and pharmaceutical retail to new entrepreneurs just getting started. I've done everything as well as go to the bank with them and indicate that I was the in charge of accounts payable. I have been in charge of accounts payable and accounts receivable. So whatever they need me to do, no task is too small and no task is too big because I understand that some of these organizations don't have the resources. So even though you may see a president, a lot of times behind that, you don't see the vice president and the head of HR and the head of you know accounting. You That one person who heads it is everything. So sometimes they just need support. Maybe they want to go on vacation for a yeah. couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And I'm there. Um, through my solutions for you, uh, dot com to help them, whatever their needs may be. 
Ah, so you're, you can be a respite president. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can be whatever you need me to be. Just let me know what my title is. <laughs> well, and, you know, Vanessa, some of the themes that you talk about that's not restricted to for-profit companies, nonprofits have those same issues as well. Like I am the chief financial officer and the chief development officer on our small team at the Collaborative. And I guess I'm the chief HR person, too, now that I think about it. And don't and so- forget the duties as the copy person and the person yeah. that takes out the trash and the person <laughs> that gets the deliveries from the UPS man. And you yeah. wear many hats. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. As we say, and I know you can identify this being a nonprofit, it's not a different way of being of doing business. It's a tax code classification. That's all it is. You're still running a business. So I agree. I always <laughs> say that entrepreneurship which having been in the for-profit world, having worked for large corporate corporations and then now working and having a small corporation as well as a nonprofit, entrepreneurship is a fancy word for a lot of work and yes. it's rewarding, <laughs> but you are going to do a lot of work and it's going to be a lot of late nights. So it's very important for individuals that are in that space to have a good work-life balance. Know Mm -hmm. what hobbies you like, know what tasks that you maybe can delegate to somebody else, but also just have a really good idea what does work-life balance look like for you and make sure that you implement it. It has to be a priority. Wise words, indeed. Um, No matter what your role actually is in your organization. So obviously entrepreneurship is important to you and helping people craft solutions is important to you. And so I'm guessing that you took all of that passion and that expertise and your connections in the community, and that's what led you to Boss Kids. You describe that as a hands-on program geared toward improving students' interest in financial literacy, education, career readiness, and entrepreneurship, which you have let us know is a fancy word for a whole lot of work. So we'll drop your mission in the show notes. I don't um, want to read it right now, but can you tell us a little bit about how, what led you to establish the nonprofit and when did your vision become a reality? Well, let me tell you, I was already had my hands full. I was still doing some work with the United Way. I was a former member of the United Way board in Atlanta and the United Way board here in Cobb County. as well as doing some work with UPS's foundation and having my own businesses. So I was very busy. But what motivated me is that I got a chance um, to go listen to the new mayor of Atlanta talk about the initiatives that he was going to implement when he got inaugurated, when he got in office and got elected. And I love some of the programs that he was talking about. He was going to open the swimming pools. He was going to get more more money to the Urban League and the Boys Mm -hmm. and Girls Club, just doing a plethora of things to get the youth involved with positive organizations and positive movement going with there. Because if you think about it, Irene, the youth are the future. They are the ones that are going to take over when we are long and gone. And uh, they're also going to be the ones that's going to be pushing our wheelchair when we're in the nursing home. (laughs) So we need to invest in programs that work and invest in programs that are creative and new and different. So I listened to what he was saying, and I agree with a lot of the things. But I said, listen, what else can we do? 
as you know, my background is specifically entrepreneurship and working with, with customers and also large corporations. So I sat down. It wasn't called Boss Kids initially. I sat down and wrote up what I thought I would want as a kid. And mm -hmm. as you know, I have not been a kid in a long time. I'm a kid at heart, but I really <laughs> haven't been a kid at, for a long time. So I came up with the idea of Boss Kid. Well, we Boss Kids. And boss is B-O-S-S-K-I-D-Z, mm -hmm. not the S, a little bit different. Um, what would I want? How can we make it work? And it was really as a deterrent to kids dropping out of school, mm. feeling that there was, was nothing in there for them. And so, you know, you got the kids that are interested in sports and you got the ones that are interested in maybe music and art, but there's really not that much out there for kids that are interested in business and entrepreneurship, because that's kind of a new concept. So right. I wanted to combine uh, teamwork, wanted to combine the love of business that I have and entrepreneurship into something exciting, into something that kids can really sink their teeth in. We got so much of an interest in the program that we initially wanted to have in, in middle schools. So we developed also career readiness and financial literacy for older students. So the high school students, and then also the college students. And we, in addition to going into the schools, we also want to be part of summer camps, conferences, different things like that. Be part of anything that has a movement to do with youth. Wonderful. So if I understand correctly, your program, you partner with organizations that may already be hosting youth that are looking to bring in a component of um, perhaps entrepreneurship or career readiness or financial literacy. Is that you're correct? Exactly, you're exactly right. We believe in partnerships. We believe in working with organizations that are already out there, whether that's a nonprofit or say it's a, a, a business. I'm just throwing a name out there. It's Merck, for example. And Merck says, hey, I want to do something with our youth program. I want to bring some experts in talking about entrepreneurship and getting our students excited. There's a lot of programs out there that they really don't have that component. And I think we offer something unique because I actually can speak from that initiative as well as I work with college students. So we have students that teach students. So mm -hmm. me and you can stand up there for 15 minutes. You've got kids, I've got kids and talk with them and lecture them about what we think should happen. And they just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But hearing from <laughs> some other student that has a young person that has a business or a college student that says, hey, I'm very interested in this. Also, this is how I learned financial literacy. These are the things I need to do to get or I've done to get ready for a job. So it really makes our program unique. And we employ those students, even the younger students, to help us teach and train and implement in our programs, which is the difference. I me. love that. Okay. And you know, I'm thinking of KSU, they now have a whole school of entrepreneurship, like you can get a degree in that. And so this is definitely, um, I think, the way of the future and will be um, increasing in popularity and interest. So tell us like maybe career readiness. Is that a a set of lessons, or I, I hate to call it lessons because that doesn't sound very engaging, does it? But is it a series of programs or would you come in for, say, two or three hours, say, at a summer camp or an out-of-school activity and explore career readiness with a cohort of youth? 
Well, it's, it's two components to that, Irene. And one component is, is that we look at the organization and we see what do you want us to teach and what do you mm-hmm. want us to train? If it's a program where they say, hey, I want you to kind of come up with a curriculum, what we try to do is ask initially open-ended questions to the participants and find out what keeps you up at night. And then we relay that to career readiness. There's a lot of students out there youth participants and young adults that really have a fear of going into the business world. They don't really know what they want to do. They're confused. Maybe they're thinking about they're thinking about something or their parent wants them to do something. So we kind of use open-ended questions to really get a feel for what's going on, start those discussions, and then we bring our youth discussion leaders in to talk about career readiness. So our programs are lecture series examples of what you need to do. For example, say Merck, once again, is saying, hey, we're having initiatives or we're having problems with our interns really not clocking in or really not turning in you know, their timesheets or something mm-hmm. like that. We start talking about how important timesheets are, the value of time and money and why it's important. We also try and get those students to be on the board or a committee working with Merck on new initiatives that youth or interns may lead that mm-hmm. makes them feel more more comfortable in the workplace. So career readiness is not just the traditional tell them this, that, and the other. We really try to make sure that we are inclusive and non-invasive. Students want to talk. They want to tell you what the issues are, but they also want to be part of the solution. So putting them on committees and listening to them and finding out what keeps them up at night, why they're not responding is an excellent way with career readiness. So we have standard questions and standard programs that we initiate, but we want to be creative based off of the needs. So a summer camp calls us in and say, hey, what's your career readiness? We got five different subjects that we go over, and those classes are usually 45 minutes to an hour Uh, because most students don't have that much of attention span. But then we go into the next hour, something creative, where maybe we'll do a role play. Uh And the student is the employer. Okay. I love that. I mean, what a way to engage the the students and the youth and keep it fresh. And, you know, I never thought I have to confess this, um, Vanessa, I never thought about asking younger people what keeps you up at night. That's a question that I've often been, um, you know, I might ask a nonprofit leader or an education uh, leader, you know, a principal or superintendent or something like that. But why haven't I? Um, So thank you for teaching me something. And yeah, you know, I guess we always think about, um, well, you know, they're going, youth will graduate, hopefully from um, high school on time. And then is it, college? Is it career? Is it military? Is it something else? But they might be afraid and and need some help in just figuring out maybe who they are, what their passions are, what does keep them awake at night. They might not have role models in their own community or in their own family. And so they don't know what they don't know yet. Um, And having someone like you and your team, and particularly those college students come in and talk to them really, really could make a difference. Well, I'm going to guess that uh, I have some thoughts about how you're going to answer this question, but I want you to say, so what kind of impact are you looking to make with your programming? Well, I'm glad that you asked. One of the things that we're looking to do is we really want to get the youth and our programs are from for ages eight all the way to 22. As we talked about, some programs are more so geared toward the middle school students, and then other programs are a little bit more mature and they're geared toward the students that are a little 
little older. And we're actually having a summer camp and wanting to participate in summer camps beginning this summer to expand Boss Kids' reach. And what we really want to do is we want students to get engaged and feel comfortable about, one, entrepreneurship, also about being the best employee that they can be and the best employer. So although we explore entrepreneurship and we talk about the benefits of entrepreneurship, not every child wants to have their own business, just like not every adult wants to have their own business. So we tell them the advantages and the disadvantages, but if we have their attention through our programs, which are very creative, we use a lot of opening questions, a lot of groups, the, the interns, we want them to feel very comfortable. We don't want them to be up at night worrying about, you know, I'm 18 years old or I'm in foster care and I need to, to get out and get a job, but be excited about being an employee and be excited about being an employer. 90% of the students that take our class want to take another class. We have some high ratings there. So we really want to get individuals excited about working. We want to work with employers and teach and train them on some things that they could do when these employees mm -hmm. come in. A lot of companies have such structured environments that, you know, you put a 22 or 23 year old in an environment where everybody is 35 years old and married they, they and bring up round sack, sack lunches. They have no idea what's going on and you really miss an opportunity to engage them and get that younger person's involved with something. And I would say, put them on a leadership council, give them a mentor and show some interest in a past the 15 minute orientation that we usually give them. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, really, no matter what your age is, we reflect back on the last three years, we have people either entering the workforce or returning to the workforce who might not just understand simple dynamics of working on a team, like don't reheat your leftover fish dinner in the microwave <laughs> in, in the break room, right? You, you eat that for dinner tonight and bring a PB&J sandwich for lunch. <laughs> but just, just those um, social cues, interactions that definitely have been impacted by you know, three years of pandemic. Um, and then also just the lost opportunities for our youth with disrupted schooling and, and activities. I mean, we, it does feel like more activities are returning to a much more normal pace and structure, but we've all missed some critical bonding opportunities. So, wow. I mean, really, you know, the impact is you are opening up doorways and pathways for youth students to consider and help them figure out what they want to be, what they want to evolve into. And I just love that. I feel, and you know, you, you nailed it definitely, Vanessa, as the mother of two young adults, I kind of look at this generation as maybe not the generation that will stay in the same career. Like they may try totally different things and that seems to be okay, right? Um, and if they have the skills and the, the confidence, and I mean that in the best way possible of themselves, then, then they are going to be okay, but they probably need something like Boss Kids to uh, put at least some bumper guards around them, right? 
I think I think you're exactly right. I think this generation is a different generation from my generation, a different generation from your generation. Mm -hmm. And I think we say that, but we really have to do a better job of understanding what that generation is. And that generation is not one where they can even take us talking with them for more than five minutes, especially as parents and kind of, you know, in old, older individuals, but they will entertain um, something within a group where they're not on the spot, but they also like learning from other individuals because they can teach and train in that same manner and then bring in a subject matter expert in to reinforce what they've already heard from someone else. So it's a kind of different approach. And I think a lot of organizations nonprofits and also businesses really need to understand that approach. We take it from our adult approach. And as you can see, it really doesn't work all the time. And we've got to do something to make sure that our next generation of employees or youth, as well as our current young employees feel very comfortable in the workplace, whether they're creating their own workplace and really understand what that means, as well as uh, entrepreneurship and business, or if they're going into an already established organization and making an impact. So true. Thank you. Thank you for those words. Yes. And, and that insight. Um, well, Vanessa, we know how to get in touch with um, your consulting business, um, business strategies and solutions, but how would people get in touch with you about Boss Kids? Well, as I said, Boss Kids is a new organization. We are on social media. We are okay. on LinkedIn. We would love your listeners to go out and follow us. That's how they can find out the most up-to-date information. And also watch us as we expand and grow. We're so busy that a lot of times we haven't posted everything that we're doing. They can also reach out to us at Boss Kids Inc. And always remind them that kids is spelled with a Z. <laughs> Got it. BossKidsInc.com. Or send us an email at info at bosskids.com. And as we said, we're looking to uh, partner with other organizations that may already have established programs. And also we are available for speaking engagements. Terrific. Well, we will put all of that. So thank you for that. So Vanessa, as our time together draws to a close, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you would like to share? I don't think so. I think we've kind of really covered the plethora as I appreciate everything that you ladies are doing in the collaborative. And I just want to say thank you so much for having us. I want to say to your listeners, please reach out to us if you're looking to, if you have grants or you have sponsorships or you have partnerships, if you would like to talk with Boss Kids or have us be a part of any of your activities, festivals, Summer camps, we're open to that. And also we do teach career readiness and financial literacy for adults. <laughs> Something that's often needed, right? So thank you. Um, Vanessa, it has just been a pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you so much for taking the time. I certainly have learned a lot and my wheels are turning about people that I can introduce you to. So we will follow up on that as well. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And thanks to you for our community. We have a great community here in Cobb County, and I am a proud resident of this community. And anything that I can do to help or support any other organization, I'm only a, a reach away. I'm also located. Uh, you can contact me on LinkedIn as well as via email and or Facebook. Terrific. Thank you so much. And listeners, thank you for tuning in today. 
And to be sure that you don't miss any future episodes, please subscribe to our Mind Your Mind podcast. Also, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Tune in next time as we continue to empower and engage our community through conversations about important and critical issues that Cobb County is dealing with. Until next time, stay well. And remember, there is no health without mental health.